Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode was recorded prior to the passing of the Queen. Thank you. Hi, I'm Charlotte from Dorset, and you're listening to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything. My question is, what do you both think about trigger warnings for monsters and magic in Beowulf at Aberdeen University? Now, this may be one for DBQs, but I challenge you to answer it in one minute each. Ready, set, go. Okay, here comes the show, and remember, question everything. Hello everybody and welcome to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast for myself, comedian, writer and occasional actor Dame Baptiste, my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka The Hizzle. Hello! And a mix of very special guests pose the questions that need to be asked and we are talking everything from... We are talking everything from Charlotte from Dorset's question, what do you both think about trigger warnings for Monsters and Magic in Beowulf for Aberdeen University? Uh, yeah, this could be one for DBQs, but I challenge you to answer it in a minute. Um, Dane, do you even know what we're talking about? Yeah, so Beowulf is uh, the very old story involving the uh, Danish king. And, yeah, uh, it was in a poem, was it an epic yeah, poem? Yeah, it's an epic poem, yeah. Involved Danish king uh, who fought against the Grendel. And then there was a television adaptation with Russell Crowe and Angelina Jolie, which is like CGI. But yeah, I'm, I'm aware of Beowulf. Trigger warnings. I mean, I'm not sure if a trigger warning necessarily would be the best way I would go for Monsters and Magic because I don't think there's any proof that it exists. And uh, I feel like at the inception of the big cult movement about Harry Potter, there were very few trigger warnings. So I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. I don't know, guys. I understand it, but I'm going to suggest I think every bit of life is could have a trigger warning. <laughs> yeah, pretty I'm, much. I'm going to go. I'm going to get on a train in a bit, right? Yeah. You can trigger, give me a trigger warning with that, you know. So. Well, yeah, I saw. Well, I saw on Happy Feet uh, the film about dancing penguins. They had a uh, trigger warning for what they referred to as mild peril. So I guess they just anticipate that yeah. some people, the mention of anything that puts them at their comfort zone can make them feel quite triggered. I think you can put yeah. a warning there. This is how much people yeah. choose to well, heed it. listen, what do you think about trigger warnings, listeners? Uh, get in contact with us and suffice to say, on this show, we ask and answer all the questions, don't we, Dave? Absolutely. No question is too big, too small, and no question is too monstrous, magical, or triggering. And if you do like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, and you'll never miss an episode where can get all of the very special questions being asked and answered by our very special guests with that being said on today's show is a jamaican born fitness instructor who rose to Legend, fame after- legendary legendary on today's show that's right let's do this legendary. again on today's show yeah, yeah. is a legendary jamaican born fitness instructor who rose to fame after his appearances on uk breakfast television gmtv in the early 1990s he's also famous for his bright colored lycra and being ahead of his time with workout videos and being ahead of his time as a fitness influencer his videos are so popular the british heart foundation asked him to teach workouts across the uk and in 2020 during the pandemic he made a deserved comeback as home workout videos gave him popularity and in the same year wasn't awarded an mbe for his services to health and fitness if you don't know who it is by now i don't know what to tell you 
Everybody say yeah, it's Mr. Motivator MBE, also known as Mr. Derek Evans MBE. Welcome wow. to the show. You know, you said that like it just came from the heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really good. It's only the fact I was looking at your face, I realized you were reading it. Some of it was red because we wanted to make sure we included the list of all of your plaudits. But the, uh, the adulation and the celebration is definitely uh, genuine on this podcast, Thank Mr. You. Motivator. Me and Howard always like to say we like to make this uh, podcast also a digital florist and we want to give you your flowers for the uh, nostalgia and inspiration you've been over these years. How are you doing? Looking well, obviously. <laughs> thank, thank you. In terms of how I am, I mean, every day starts the same with me. I get up real early. I normally sleep about five hours. So I was up this morning at about 5.30. I then train for about 90 minutes with my wife. We do about 20 minute warm up and then we do some stepping then we do some weights and then some stretching and i find i have to do that more than ever now you know in my younger years you could almost get away without training every day but as you get older i think it's really important that first thing in the morning you kind of get the body going and for me that just means warming every single muscle up otherwise you ache far more than normal you don't feel good and it's a great way for me to start the day anyhow. It kind of sets me up. I'm very inspired by that. But at the same time, I also feel very guilty knowing full well <laughs> that the, my exercise today involved the mixing of Cocoa Pops and Rice Krispies, wow. which is a, uh, yeah. Yeah, those yeah. boxes are heavy, no? Those boxes are heavy. So <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean, they, they weigh heavy on my conscience because I know I should be doing better more than anything else. But, um, but you know something, on a serious note, right? I, I think it's so important that, number one, you enjoy yourself in your mm -hmm. younger years, but also start preparing for the older years because the years just fly by so quickly. And what we do today is the foundation stone, whether it's in business for where we're going to get or whether in our health and our lifestyle or where we're going to be. And so it's wow. important that all of us actually take those steps, no matter what your age now, and start doing something about it. Laugh a lot, enjoy life, have fun, you know, savor every moment. But the don't forget, as you get older, no longer is there 60 seconds to every minute. It's actually only 45. <laughs> yeah, wow. So Amazing. True. Amazing. Well, it's probably time for a question, isn't it, Dave, <laughs> as the format of this show dictates? Oh, absolutely, Mr. Motivator MBE. As our very esteemed guest, we'd like to invite you to ask the first question, which can be any question you'd like, which Howard and I would like to discuss you for about 15 minutes. And then Howard, my producer friend here, would like to do the same and pose a question to you which we'd like to discuss for around the same amount of time. And then keeping with the spirit of repetition of these exercises, I'd like to ask you a question as well. We discuss for the same amount of time. And then we'd love for you to tell our listeners where they can find out about your great works, past, present and future. How does that sound? Sure. That's great. That's fine. Good. Thank you. Cool. Then the floor is yours to ask the first question. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, my first question is this. If you were in a boat and you were sailing on the ocean and you could see land about... 50 meters in front, but the boat sprung a leak. Now in this boat was Donald Trump and he had a bucket. You've also got Beyonce who has a spade and the other person is Michael Phelps. What order would you get rid of them out of the boat and who would you rather be left with? Oh, wow. I I mean, uh, how did you end up on this boat, uh, Derek? <laughs> <laughs> what a night out that must have been. <laughs> you know how it is. Yeah. Free day. I just thought I'd go for a ride. And, and my favorite people were in the boat. So I just thought, you know, let me. Well, uh, as a fitness retreat, 
Then uh, <laughs> look at a smaller yeah. boat for a, VI- for a VIP session. <laughs> well, there's well, someone on there yeah. who needs some fitness, but, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, what a br- I mean, I personally, just to say, I am not good on water. I, that's not my... <laughs> you, you, your exercise is predominantly on land. I imagine you, you've swum a fair bit in your life, Derek. Uh, mm, you're not a swimmer? Not really. Not really. <laughs> is that... I'm actually, but remember, remember, this is a scenario and I'm not on the boat. So you can ask any question you like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you're on the boat. Right? <laughs> oh, right, right. Okay. Provide audio okay. systems from land. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I'm shouting from the shore. Get, get rid of them in this in, order and you in, can't in hear the, me. Yeah. From the, from the lighthouse penthouse being like you guys can <laughs> yeah you can do it because yeah. that's the problem for me in this scenario is that on being on uh on sea i'm not your guy really so i'm pa- i'm gonna be panicking i don't know how derek are you gonna be calm on this in this situation or how, if, if if i was in a boat i would not be very good because at the end of the day water does not work very well with certain black people yeah. We love we love being surrounded by water. We love the look of the beach, but we only dip our toe in the water. That's so, it. Only so far we can go. But then that that comes from a respect thing. There's a whole marine based ecosystem out there. We don't need to go out too far. Recognizing boundaries, number one, not to be too presumptive. But Mr. Motivator comes from a generation where access to public swimming baths wasn't as readily available uh, as it care, is now. Careful what you say there, right? Because, you know, <laughs> I, I spent 10 years in Leicester and we used to go swimming. But I tell you this, I found out the reason why I was never very good at it. And that is apparently when you're black, you've got more muscle. Mm-hmm. How true that is? And if you take a 12-stone black person and lay him on the water and a 12-stone white person, there'll be more of the white person above the water than a black person. A black person would actually, more of it would be under the water to do with muscle and density. So we have a rough time when it comes to swimming. Now you see something, and I know we're going to come back to this scenario, right? But I was in a conversation with my in-laws, right? Yes. And my, you would get on very well with my father-in-law, Derek. He is a 72-year-old man who's very, looks after himself, still plays tennis, still plays hockey, at an international level, goes wow. to hockey tournaments. I mean, that's like, he plays with like 30-year-olds. Like, he, that's an incredible guy, right? And he started saying literally what you've just said about mm. the uh, muscle density. Mm. And I tell you what, you could have cut the atmosphere with, <laughs> with a knife. <laughs> because, because people who aren't knowledgeable of that would go, well, this person's, you know, this, this could sound uh, offensive to some people. But it's, mm. there's actual science mm. that yeah. you're talking about. Right? There it is. There it is. Yeah. It is. yeah. And I imagine, yeah, being, being a prolific fitness instructor, you, you, yeah. You're not going to float that much. No, no, no. <laughs> but but, but you go dance player. <laughs> but Dane, it, it goes deeper than that because yeah. I mean, you think about it, as as a race of people, we are influenced by the example set before us. Mm-hmm. So if they had been a great swimmer, there's every yeah. likelihood there'd be more people swimming. They've been always been great runners, b- b- basketball players, footballers. So what happens? There's a lot of black people gravitate towards that. But when it comes to water, sorry, no. Yeah. Not working for me. Not working. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. But they're coming. I've seen. I've seen one. Simone Manuel. Uh, she won a few medals. I think uh, a couple, three or four years ago. Uh, right. American swimmer. So. But yeah. she's not on the boat, though. That's the problem. We have That's to remember she, she's not on the boat. Yeah. Beyonce's on the boat, who is equally iconic, but not for swimming. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> but just just to, just to put a flagpole in that thing that we just talked about with the the, the muscle thing. I mean, it, it, it's worth pointing out, because okay, we haven't mentioned it, that the absolutely exceptional number 
the quality and quantity of, of, of black athletes across sports, like so many different sports, mm. is, you know, kind of pretty good at compensating for that one element, right? Oh, I mean, oh, the, the, oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. But you see, then I get disappointed in the cricket team because as far as I'm concerned, right, why didn't they bring forward so many young people from years ago so that way we could yeah. still be at the top because I'm not very happy mm. where we are at the moment. And that's a classic case of, you know, example, setting the standards, ensuring that you actually have this kind of groundswell. By the way, are you two guys playing for time while they're trying to work out the answer to my scenario? Is that what's going on? He spotted it, Dave. Shit. Shit. I mean, I've got, I've got an idea. I, I think I've got an idea. While, while Howard stalls the time, the, the leak is, the water's filling in. So I'm going yeah. to say the first person, do I need to leave behind one person? It, it's totally up to you. Yeah, that's tough. One. I think I'm, well, I'm definitely going to leave Donald Trump behind, even though he has a bucket. Can I keep his bucket if I throw him out the boat? <laughs> Do no, what you like no. with him. I, no. I, think, I, I think the bucket's got to go. I think the bucket's got to go as well. Now, yeah. while I think a bucket would be very effective in uh, maybe kind of stemming the leak, because of the awareness I have of Donald Trump's personality, I feel like he'd only be a hindrance to uh, the efforts rather than uh, helping them. And this is because of a... He'll probably uh, float as well, won't he, Dane? He'll probably... Well, yeah, he, exactly. He's much more likely to float, number one. And also, because I saw a documentary about Donald Trump where his mother said that um, him and his older brother were playing with Legos and he wanted a brick from his brother's model that his brother was making like a house. And his brother was a much more generous kid and said, you can have it because Donald was kicking up a fuss. And Donald took the Lego and he super glued it to his model which meant that no one could use it again. And to me, that is testament. And also very recently, though, uh, Ivana Trump passed away, who at one point was one of the most glamorous women in American society, high society due to her association with Donald Trump. And then she passed away recently and Donald Trump buried her on his golf course in order to get the tax breaks that come with it. And so I think the problem is that when faced with a humanitarian crisis, Donald Trump cares about Donald Trump. And there's four people on this boat. And I feel like if he is leading this ship, it's going to sink. And the only thing I have to, to, to reinforce that is everything else he's done. Like this is the guy who almost kicked off with North Korea, a guy that openly endorsed Vladimir Putin's administration and, um, and very, very possibly initiated a coup against American democracy. So I feel like that guy should probably spend more time with nature. So he goes off the boat first. <laughs> yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah. I've, got a whole plan. Exactly. I've got a whole plan in place now, Dane, just to let you know, I'm ready for this. So is it 50 meters away from land? Yeah. So I feel like um, perhaps Michael Phelps has the strength and stamina to pull that boat along. And I feel that uh, Beyonce Beyonce has to stay because yeah. even if we, when we make it to land, I refuse to explain to the black LGBT plus community <laughs> that I allowed for their stateswoman and supreme leader to be lost at sea. It would be, it would be committing both social and potentially actual suicide. So Beyonce yeah. has to survive. And I feel yeah. like she'd get, she'd be inspired for a great album afterwards and we'd all go on a tour about the experience and then there'd be kind of a film adaptation. So I just think it'd be a situation that could only come out glamorous with Beyonce being involved. And I feel like Michael Phelps would be there because I think if things get really hard and the league gets bad, I mean, me and Beyonce would have spade in my hands, we're throwing water overboard, we're getting rid of more and more water. But then I think 
maybe if that began not to work, I could turn to Michael Phelps and be like, hey, man, it's only like 30 metres. And he'd be like, ah, 30 metres? That's just a breakfast swim for me. I'll be fine, Dane. You and Beyonce make your way. And so that is the strategy I'd have. I just think that Donald Trump, like in an instance of a natural situation, his money can't buy us out of the situation. I also feel like he would play down the severity of the leak. And most of all, I just feel like when things went really bad, going on like these January 6th hearings, just going on his whole agenda, the Helsinki hearings, and now the revelation that he had documents at his Mar-a-Lago home, I just feel like mm-hmm. he is not particularly effective in the crisis. And so not a team player. No, not yeah, not player. a team player. And yeah. in this situation, you need everyone to work together. And he's, he gives he gives me Billy Zane in Titanic vibes. Yeah. I would actually definitely chuck him over first. I'm telling you that from now on, purely because I feel if there's sharks out there, he could keep them occupied while Michael Phelps is pulling the boat in. And then when we arrive on dry land, Beyonce and I could start the human race again. I didn't know it was a deserted island, Mr. Motivate. I'd have to change his things entirely. Wait to Michael Phelps. <laughs> to the sharks, maybe just like pretty soon they'll be like, he's over here. <laughs> um, my plan would be quite technical, actually. Okay. So we're going to dispose of Donald Trump. He's going to, you know, let him go and float off into the abyss. Dispose and- is so harsh, Howard. Like, I'm not saying I want anything to happen to Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm just saying that he can be responsible for himself. And maybe if I do slaver him in honey and and bloody chunks, that's a different conversation. But you go ahead, Howard, sorry. But me, at this point, me, Michael and Beyonce, we we talk tactics and we're basically like, can we fix this boat? And, you know, there's three good brains here, right? So we're going to work out, can we fix this boat? And what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, me and Beyonce were kind of working out how to build something from our clothes or whatever we've got stuff in the on the on the boat. And Michael Phelps is going to be the guy who goes and does it because he's going to get under the boat and he's going to fix the problem. So that's how I would survive on this thing: is is use Michael Phelps' exceptional aquatic skills and the brain power that me, him, and Beyonce would have to actually fix the problem and just carry on, hopefully on a nice journey after that. Because you know Donald Trump's left, so we can probably have a nicer time now. I like to say he's left Howard when he may obviously. <laughs> well, listen, you know what? I would compare him to a cockroach. Dave. I don't know if it's. A, I don't know if this will actually kill him. Now, so, doing, a ra- you know. now doing a rally at a feeding frenzy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I like that plan, because Howard, yeah, like, yeah. at some point, you all, one of you turns around and goes, you know, if we could have fixed this leak, we could have fixed it with Donald here. And then everyone goes, ha 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, there you there you yeah. go, Derek. I hope that's been okay. helpful. Uh, if okay. you end up in that scenario, and listeners, if you end up in that scenario, please get in contact because uh, we really want to want to know more. Um, but uh, it was a good question, wasn't it, Dave? Very good theory. Very We've never had question. that one before. Uh, I can say that. Um, yeah. So it's probably time for my question now, isn't it? We'll be back after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping 
and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to the show. So my question is going to be a little bit different. Uh, so guys, uh, obviously this is an audio podcast, uh, but you're just going to have to listen to what we're up to. So guys, come on, look, I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, oh dear. Oh dear. Uh, uh, okay, guys, uh, we're going to get everyone up. Everyone up. Are we ready? We're going to do this. Yeah. We're, uh, okay. Okay. Uh, don't rip your headphones out. Okay, we're going to go. Let's do side steps left and then right. Okay, we're going to go like that. Yeah. Okay, we're going. Yeah. Everyone good. Yeah. Okay. And, we, and then and then stretch up. Left hand up. Right yeah. hand. Okay. Is this good yeah. for you, Derek? Oh yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Keep the blood flowing. Oh. Okay. And then stretch. Yeah. Oh. 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 Okay. Oh, that was thirty seconds, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my heart rate's gone up. According to my Fitbit, that was pretty oh. good. Oh. Um, oh, I won't, I won't carry on because this will be a very weird experience for our listeners. Okay, uh, I'm but, um, look, I don't know if it looks great me doing that in front of a drinks cabinet. <laughs> that looks, that looks super cabinet, drunk. Only, I mean, yeah, thank only, you for that, Howard, because the one, thing you, the one thing you've reassured me is that there's no threat to that guy called Mr. Motivator. <laughs> 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 so let's call oh. you from now on Howard Demotivator. <laughs> well, well my reason for doing it my reason for doing it was the fact that you know what like at 30 seconds it got my blood pumping a little bit more right you know and uh you know it got me got me got, got me up got me moving you know i did actually six kilometers this morning on my cross trainer derek i'm not gonna not Good bragging on. Good. Not bragging, but Good. you know, I, I did it in I did it in uh, thirty two minutes, which is yeah. one of my better Good. times. Yeah. There's one person listening who didn't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> Dane, Dane looking around, <laughs> um, I, I, and I, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I've told listeners about this particularly, but I had significant knee injuries, Derek. Uh, mm. uh, Dane knows this. I, I ended up um, tearing a bit of uh, my ligament, had it repaired, then I broke my leg. Uh, and then had to rehab from that. And so ever since those days, I've kind of taken my exercise quite seriously. Because mm-hmm. basically, if I didn't, I would be in pain. Because yes. there's always going to be a bit of an, an imbalance in my, sure. in my legs, sure. you know. So I make my legs really, really strong by doing cycling, mm-hmm. cross-training. I can't run, but I can do those other two things. Sure. And I do them every day. I mean, I'm telling you, Derek, you would struggle to find a day in the last... You know, particularly since I've had kids... Because with kids, you're bending over even more, so you need to be even stronger. I reckon in the last two, three years, there's barely been a day that I haven't done it. Uh, Brilliant. And, and I, I think it makes me so much happier as a human being. I, yeah. I, I, if you take it away from me, I would genuinely have a lot less energy for the entirety of my existence on Earth. And, in um, fact, you'd jump out the boat. <laughs> I, I, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the question I was going to pose is, why is it so difficult for some people to stay motivated with exercise? Because I've got a motivation that comes from, you know, it's not a disability. It's like a, I've got an ability problem with my knee. And if I don't do exercise, but for so many people, and Dane, I know you're going you're gonna to weigh in with a few comments here. But like, you know, why is it so difficult for people to stay motivated? How can they stay motivated? It's a good question, that isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a good mm-hmm. question. I think I think that's the hardest part, Howard. I think uh, any time I've began any exercise endeavours, the hardest part has been beginning in the first place, and then 
get into a routine and continue with that routine, which I think is, uh, yeah, I think is the hardest part for a lot of people. Or if it's going to the gym, it's leaving the house, I think is the hardest part. So I always think that jump from novice to experienced is the biggest jump that most people do. So, mm-hmm. Well, I definitely yeah. felt that as a cyclist. I would definitely point out as a cyclist. Like, and I don't live in London now, so like cycling on country lanes is obviously easy, but I do used to cycle in London. And like, you know, it takes a lot to get used to. Mm. Yeah, you see, get used to these things. I, I tell you what, Howard, there is a light bulb moment. There's a trigger point in all of us. There's a point at which we establish a goal. And that is normally governed by either things that happen in our environment, our life, our family, or whatever it is. So, for example, uh, one of the best examples I can give is my wife. She's been having, if you wish, menopause for the past 18 years. And I can always mm. tell when she's at the point, right, where she needs a little bit of a help. It's not just me saying something. It's not just me suggesting she needs something. So I've traditionally always bought her a ticket, literally, to go to um, Koh Samui. And it's one of these places where, in fact, she can just be herself. Because when you're a mother and you spent all your life looking after your children and stuff like that, you end up in this zone where you almost lose yourself. And to reestablish yourself and to actually find you, you often need to get away from your situation, to look inwards Mm. on your life, to either go, well, here are the values of what I have. Here are the things that I can really change. Or here's what I could change about me to make me able to cope with the new me. And so when she goes to Kosumi, she does all this internal cleansing and she relaxes and she doesn't even talk to anybody. She just, when she comes back, she's lost weight. She's realigned her priorities. And now all of a sudden, She's into a new eating regime. Now she doesn't hmm. want to eat this nine-tenths of what she used to eat is gone. She's changed it. Weight is coming off. Exercising. Every morning she now wants to exercise with me. Because before, um, I would having problems getting her to get up and exercise. The weather is too cold, all those things. So she now feels so good about herself. The mere fact that three months has elapsed, she, that is now a habit. And I say, mm-hmm. with any new change that you put in your life, you have to give it at least 21 repetitions or weeks or months or whatever it is before it forms a habit. So now it's a habit with her. In the morning, she's up almost before me to exercise. In your case, what was the driving factor? Your knee being damaged, right? Mm-hmm. You've got a family. You've got all those things around you. Right? Re- recognize that you need to make a change. And I think I can't give you motivation, but I think I can create the environment for you to feel motivated in by saying to you, Listen, having a goal is really important. Mm. Having somewhere you want to get to is so important. Those first two letters of goal is going to be your pushing. That's what's going to drive you. You're going to go for it. There are people who want to run a marathon, but they've never run in their lives. What do they do? They take that first step. They walk around the block. They run between trees. They say, I'm going to do a kilometer today, and tomorrow Mm. I'm going to try and improve on that. So what we've all got to do is recognize that there'll be moments in our lives when, in fact, that trigger comes in place. And when it comes in, if you listen to it, that will start you on the road to achieving and being whoever you want to be, right? But it has to happen. And I'm sure it happened to Dane in terms of his experiences and choosing the career he's in. It happened to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it didn't happen to, until I was 40 to get that light bulb moment that told me, listen, fitness is the place that you want to be. And once you find that place and a happy, sweet spot, trust me, you're charged up. You're, you'll sleep for one hour and get up next morning and you're at it again. So all of us in our lives, whether it's physical, mental, financial, business, have to find a trigger point, right, that makes us happy. And whatever it is, you then stick with it. If it's running, you stick with running. If it's actually going to a dance class, you do a dance class. If it's going up and down the stairs every hour, you'll do it. And that's my answer mm. to it all. 
That's a great answer. It's an amazing answer. And I, I think it. I think about it quite a bit because my wife, like a lot of people, mm. and obviously she's made two human beings with her body, which is, mm. let's be honest, not mm. an easy gig. No. Um, and um, it's quite, she's quite, got quite this, the workout, Howard. It's literally, yeah, it's literally, quite the workout. Literally called labour. Yeah. It's such, such a workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> you know, she's got this thing where she, you know, she will often do a bit of exercise and struggle to stick to it. But she's been talking about how she's found this app because she's mm. she can only walk at the moment because of. Yes. Um, after giving birth and Mm. um uh the app uh creates a map of um where you've been oh well actually it creates a map of of the lord of the rings (laughs) universe and because she's a big fan of like fantasy stuff like lord of the rings when she does it she's like oh i'm this far away from mordor Mm. uh which is Dane would love it. She's this literally is, like, yeah, this, yeah, is, no. this is a great motivator, but who's who's walking towards Mordor though? <laughs> <laughs> well, she's she's Frodo, uh, I guess, in this in this version in her head where she's like, Oh look, I'm almost out of the Shire now. And I'm mm. like, okay, I don't have any link to this. It doesn't mean anything like for me, it no. wouldn't motivate me at all. No. But for my wife, in the slightly creative eccentric yeah. brain she has. That's what does it for mm, her, Derek, mm, right? Sure, sure. And, and that's it. That's exactly what I'm saying. We all have to identify and recognize whatever trigger point works for us. Uh, the other important thing is really is music. Music has a really important mm. part to play oh. in you being active. I mean, I was talking recently to a professor. I was interviewing him, a professor from Brunel University, and he talks about people who go running. And he says, listen, the first 15, 20 minutes of running you notice how beautiful everything is, the houses, how you feel, and it's really great. That's with no music. After 20 minutes, you start noticing the pain. You start mm-hmm. noticing your knees hurting, your back's hurting, your neck. You start noticing that if it's cold weather, the breath coming in is really cold and it's really debilitating. But if you play classical music of a certain beat, hmm. right, a real kind of up-tempo beat, what happens? It deflects that, you know, 20 minutes, I said, was a changeover. It deflects it to much later on. And you find that you can, you'll stay in this kind of zone where you're enjoying the experience for longer. So music Mm -hmm. is a critical thing, but you must look up beats per minute. And anything over, say, 120 beats per minute is a great pace to run at. If you're walking, you want it to be around 90, 80 beats per minute. And that governs your heart rate as well and how hard you're working. So we all need to do it. And in terms of Dane, I think all we have to say to him is go to bed early. (laughs) Then get up earlier. (laughs) And then, you know, put on some, I don't know what kind of music he's into, but... Forget the drinks that's behind him because there's loads of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking on you, Dave. No, no, it's, it's fine. I, I, I think the drink, the drinks, is a motivate to to, to, uh, to get to away. Another one, yeah, to get away. Well, this is more of a, this is more entertaining other people. So this is more of a motivator for me to be a good host when people come over. So there's the option there as well. Yeah, yeah look, it's, Derek's but, got a lovely wardrobe, yeah, no, no, wardrobe which I think, us. yeah, is very helpful for if people are like, I've got nothing to wear, Derek. I couldn't possibly do a quick <laughs> one now. And you're like, well, actually, you've got loads of stuff. Whereas, <laughs> right. yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, this is this is definitely the echoes of having experience working in comedy clubs. But yeah. so I'm a good host when people come along as well. But I think, yeah, yeah for me, when it comes to exercise, I, I mean, it's not even something I've shied away from. I think with me, exercise, not say it has to have a goal, but I think I've always included exercise in being part of something fun. So, like, I did martial arts when I was a kid, which was, I mean, like, so I guess you had, like, a, a system that you could kind of ascend, which would give a reflection of the progress you're making. So it was a goal as well. 
And then um, I kind of play football because obviously you're playing is competitive and it's a team sport. Mm-hmm. So there's a goal there as well, mm-hmm. which I've always kind of enjoyed. And I think because of that, like I still do like doing exercise, but I probably veer away from doing stuff like this, going to the gym. So I think I found some of the machines quite repetitive. And I think maybe because mm-hmm. it could be like to attention deficit issues or just concentration. I don't mind the exercise, but I think the monotony or the re- repetition, I can get very distracted. Mm. And uh, but uh, no, I think but yeah, I think it's uh, being motivated. I think music is very helpful. I when I used yeah. to I, I used to do when I used to do running, sometimes I'd run with music, but then I think it slowed me down to have the headphones on. So like it's good that we've got stuff like earpods and wireless mm. things now. But yeah. I always saw running as like being very cathartic. So stuff that would piss me off or if I had a bad day, mm. I felt like running off would always help. Mm. Like running and talking to myself about the things that have annoyed sure. me or people that may have annoyed me and just processing that and. Yeah, making it a whole therapeutic experience where sure, I'm like, sure, you know, sure. forgiving myself for those things, getting past stuff, maybe thinking about trauma, stuff like that, and using maybe maybe the way that uh, anger or frustration would manifest if I was pondering those thoughts. Like yeah. using that energy out sure. in, by running has always been sure. quite helpful. Sure. And, yeah, and walking as well, because a large yeah. part of comedy is observation and having to take in the world around you, which mm. I find in my solace when I'm walking and stuff is very helpful and stuff as well. Sure, and uh, sure. Especially during the pandemic, I, 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 I got a re, I refound a new appreciation for walking. Yeah, yeah nice. And, and it is. It's the most underestimated exercise. People, you know, it's there. It doesn't need any equipment. You don't have to pay for a gym. And But you see, the thing is, like Howard, Howard likes running, right? I don't like running. Cycling, My wife cycling. likes running. I'm a, cy- I'm a cyclist. You're a cyclist. Okay, sorry. You're a cyclist. Running, you never see a happy jogger. I don't care what they say. <laughs> they're, they're only happy when it's not over. One it, not one doing it properly. No, no, when it's over and they're having a shower, they feel great, right? That, that's fine. So we all have to find what works for us. Unfortunately, people who run, they don't check the surface they're running on because no matter how good your shoes are, long term running on concrete is so bad for you. You get this compression of your disc. Yeah. And I presented some awards recently to, it was a, um, it was called a marathon club. And everyone who walked up did not walk up. They shuffled, right? Mm. And it's because it's a drug. Because remember this, you know, if you release the happy hormones, right? The endorphins, your serotonin. That makes you feel good, not just for the period that you're running or exercising. It lasts for hours afterwards. I call it the afterburn. Mm. So therefore, you feel good for hours, days afterwards. The conversation mm. with you and all your friends will be the fact that you exercised the day before. You will always tell people. Whereas if you're having a rough day, you don't want to tell anybody. In fact, when you walk in, right, and you're bent over and you've got a grumpy look on your face, people will never ask you how you're doing. But if you, but if you walk in and you've got a big smile on your face, they all go, what did you have last night? I'd love some of that. And then you go, well, you know what? I had a great class last night. I was, you know, cycling with Howard and we saw the fairies and we saw the, um, you know. <laughs> I, love, I love this question. I love talking about this because it, I think to me, I've said this to Dane a few times. Exercise is a meal. As you ought to have it every day. It's a drug. You know, work it. Yeah, yeah, it's a drug, drug definitely. It. But it's, it, it, I think you, it's, a, it's very much to me like a meal. So mm. I hope listeners, you've got motivated uh, from listening to this a little and, you know, the little workout we just did. Very, the smallest workout in history. Uh, but um, Dane, it's over to you, mate, for the final question of today's lovely episode. Before Thank you me. go to that, though, Howard, I must say, mm. don't call what you did earlier a workout, please. <laughs> 
let's just let's just call it let's just call hey, it hey Derek you increased my heart rate so no, increased my heart rate no, for no, a you, know, you could have achieved the same thing by having a dirty thought Howard so all I gotta say to you Howard let's call it what it is call a spade a spade what you did earlier right was a movement of sorts just a movement of sorts that's it kinetics I'm writing that technical term down Derek thank you a movement of sorts you did a movement of sorts with Mr. Motivator and no one could take that away from you I will have that for the rest of my life that's what a life Life ambition achieved. You warmed up <laughs> to a prelude to a preface of a workout, and that that got that's got to count for something, Howard. In a, Thank you, Dave. In the Thank same you. way, I was on a hypothetical boat with Beyonce, <laughs> so we've both done something today. Yeah, yeah. But listen, before I know you're waiting to say you ask your question, Dave. But listen, if I was doing what you're doing, I'd have said to you guys, "Hey, sit up straight right now. Come on, sit up <laughs> okay. straight. Okay, all right. The soles of your feet are on the floor. Now, I want you to imagine that there is a." orange between your shoulder blades. I want you to squeeze out the juice of that orange. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that feel good? You feel that already. Already you're sitting upright. You're looking straight ahead. Now, the next thing I want you to do is push your shoulders up to you as you go, mm, ah, ooh, ah, mm, ah. Yeah, okay, all right. Now circle the shoulders up and backwards. One, squeeze the orange as you squeeze it backwards. Oh, yeah, God, baby. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, next thing I want you to do is, yeah, next thing I want you to do is just look at me. I just go, wow. Wow. That was different. That was different, Howard. That was a warm-up. Yeah. That was a warm-up. That was, that's a warm-up. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> some oranges there. I'm glad we got to do... I mean, I've lived out some fantasies here today. So that's, it, Howard. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's how it's amazing. done, Howard. You get Howard, to do a yeah. Mr. Metavator workout from the comfort of your own room. Absolutely your right. Own home. Absolutely. That's it. Your new um, just because I know Dane's going to have a good question. What, 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 what are you thinking, Dane? What's your question this week, man? Well, um, I think, uh, first of all, I really, I really like the affirmation that the first two letters in goal is the trigger point. I, I, like, I like that because I think, yeah. And you said, and, and even the fact that it applies to what you consider to be like endeavors, which could be physical or mental or financial. And because of that, that's influenced the question I wanted to ask you to motivate because, you know, irrespective of the fact that you just do fitness, you've just had, you've had a career in any case in the public eye spanning over 30 years, which is very difficult for uh, most people to achieve, despite, you know, the, your background and, and, and your beginnings and stuff. And, and starting at 40 years old as well is a massive achievement. Um, so I wanted to ask you, obviously, uh, because uh, your work and your plaudits are now in various different arenas now, what has been the most exhausted exercise you've done and that doesn't just mean physically. I mean, what's maybe been the most tiring uh, mental exercise you've had to do or financial mm. one throughout your life. So I'd say the most tiring workout you've done or the tiring, most tiring exercise you've had to perform throughout your career. That takes me really deep because when you've had the kind of journey I've had where there's a period in my life when I was um, in a bed and breakfast handed by the council, I was homeless, sitting outside a homeless family unit. Those are difficult times. And at that moment, when those things are going on, you're looking for a way out. How do I, you know, get on that ladder that seems to say success? But, you know, how do I get on it so, to get successful? And what is success? My driving force in those days was the fact that I was a single parent trying to look after my daughter. So every decision I made was based on what could I earn to put food on the table and to get a roof over our head. 
And uh, that was my focus. Difficult time. You're at the bottom of the barrel. No one's ever looking down and saying, I'm going to give you a hand. They'll look down, but they'll walk by. But then the most difficult thing I've had to cope with was not the success I managed to get because that success came along and there was no playbook. No one told me this is what would happen as a fitness instructor. I just wanted to do better. I just wanted to show people that, in fact, there's a way we could do exercise, which was fun and it could put a smile on your face. I never, ever bashed anybody because of their size. I never uh, said you need to be a size eight. I said, if you love yourself when you look in that mirror, that's the most important thing. That's my, my message. So you could argue that that side of my life has been fairly smooth, although it had a difficult beginning. But there's one thing I had to deal with this last six months that no matter what I'd done in the past could have prepared me for it. And that is the loss of someone in your life. Mm-hmm. And when you lose someone, right, uh, it actually makes you reevaluate everything that we say. And we say it's often, you know, you'll say, I care. And, it's, and until you've cared for someone, you don't know what caring is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to say, I love. But until you've been in love, it's very difficult to say what that is. And so when you lose your granddaughter, who's 12 years of age, it takes you to the bottom of this pit, which is lower than I've ever been. Mm. And this time you're down there and on top of you is all this darkness and you can't see a light. Not so much for the fact that she has died at age 12, but my daughter, who I looked after when she was from when she was three years of age, I felt so helpless that I couldn't help her over what she was having to cope with. Mm. Because when she was three, four, five, six, seven, eight, if she was bunged up, I would take a tissue and put it over her nose and I'd clear it. You do whatever because you want to bring relief. And as a, a father, I think that's what we do. We want to bring relief to our family. We want to look after them in many ways. But that loss took me and the whole family to a point, right, where if it wasn't for the fact that I had a healthy existence, I, I believe that I could have actually had probably a heart attack. I could have actually had a stroke. All those things could have happened to me because there was a point at which I literally collapsed in the chair because I was trying to be strong for everybody. I was not going to cry. I was going to be supportive. I was going to make sure that everybody was all right. And when they were crying and wailing around me, right, I was the one that was stifling back my tears, right? And I was the one who was, no, I've got to be strong so that everybody could lean on me. And the, and the first thing that happened was my body broke down. My body gave way. It said, look, you have got to face up to the fact that this stress you're under, right, is powerful. It's pushing you down. And unless you face up to it and talk about it and release it, it'd be like a kettle that's got the lid on. It's, you can hear it bubbling away and making, until you take it away so you can sing, you will not be able to sing again. And so what did I do? There was a point at which, I realized the how, I suppose, that I wasn't as invincible as I thought I was, mm-hmm. right? And that was the first step in terms of accepting, right? Um, that, yes, I'm human like everybody else, and you trying to be the strong person doesn't really work. What you've got to do, you've actually got to be like everyone else and cry. And what I did was that my youngest daughter, who's 25, and my wife, I sat them down and I said, you know something? The reason why my body broke down, where I literally collapsed, I had all kinds of problems hitting me and I was had to go on medication the whole lot. And the doctor said, if it wasn't for your fitness, you would have probably gone. I, I talked it over with them and I said, you know what? I feel like I need to cry now. Mm. And I turned the tap on 
literally I, it was controllable like that because all the while I've been keeping it in. I turned it on, released all that tension. And all I can say to every man out there, if you're ever in the place, right, where you feel you can't cope, cry. If you're in the place where you feel that you're happy, cry. Because mm. why do women cry? They cry because it brings them relief. Mm. And that's what mm -hmm. it is. So in terms of things I've had to deal with in my life, right, nothing compares to that. But mm. they say in life, the difference between life and school is a school, you are taught a lesson, right, and given a test. But in life, you're given a test which teaches you a lesson. And that's what it did for me. It taught me some amazing lessons, right? Which every time I get the opportunity to talk to people about it, I will always say that. That was the lowest, the strongest, the worst place to be, right? But out of it, I came out a better person. That's an amazing, amazing story. Uh, yeah. Yeah, wow. It kind of makes me think about... I was just thinking about the way you were talking about it, Derek, because... Um, because Dane was using the word exercise in a way that's kind of talking about the non-physical, which mm -hmm. is what you've just done. And that, and that phrase, exercising your demons, um, mm -hmm. and how, you know, you kind of never, never think about it. That, that, mm -hmm. that is that, partly, I think, when you are faced with a bereavement, um, or a tra you know, traumatic mm -hmm. bereavement, or whatever you want to view that, you are trying to exercise it and, and, and you know, get work through it, right? It, it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's a real process yeah. uh, that, yeah. that is almost not uh linear you know people would love to say oh you know i've m moved you know can move on with my life mm. but, you know, often you'll hear that people oh, you'll move you know you know you, you, you'll you'll get you'll get over it is a phrase mm. that i weirdly have heard mm. people say in my life i don't think that's ever really true i think you learn from it right that's that's all well, you can ever do i'll find, sure. find a way to live with it i think and, and, yeah. and that's the thing i think it's very i think you put it very accurately is that like People will try to describe what it's like to be in love, and that's why we have such a vast array of music available in the world. Mm. But it's something that you can never really uh, pine on until you experience it yourself. Mm. And uh, it's uh, interesting because uh, the answer you gave, especially because it does pertain to the fact that there is obviously a link between uh, physical mm. as well as mental and spiritual exercise. And and you know, you said yourself that like it was being good to your body and doing maintaining fitness over the years which allowed you to deal with the uh, spiritual and psychological mm -hmm. grief, which you may not mm -hmm. be able to get through had you not taken care of yourself. So it's interesting how these things are all linked. And uh, mm -hmm. also the point you said as well about like for men as well, why women cry and it's seen as a sign of weakness. But I think me experiencing heartbreak as well, not exactly, not in the same way of necessarily the loss of a loved one in that respect, but experiencing loss of any kind of a loved person, whether it's like the end of a relationship, mm -hmm. it does require an extraordinary amount of, uh, emotional strength and intelligence, not just to process that, but also to return to a state where you can continue living. Because it's very easy when you experience a loss of that level to be like, well, I can never be the same again and I can mm. give up. I can't go, mm. I can't return back to a state of being with this person no longer being in my life mm. and ever mm. act like I'm normal. But then it's understanding that, you know, that is an, um, that is an in inevitability of all of our lives. Mm. And as well as, like you said, living and enjoying your youth but making preparations so that you're able to thrive in older age i think it's very similar when you're coping with loss is that you have to practice exercises and routines uh, mm -hmm. to maintain your fitness um to deal with uh mm -hmm. you know future inevitabilities of sure, losing people sure. so uh, oh man breakups are definitely a bereavement I'm not, I mean, oh, it's I know, a different yeah, they bereavement. Are, no, but they are, they're a, a form of bereavement, yeah. bereavement. Yeah. But you, but you, but again, it, the way, but there's a way of exercising that, which is very different to maybe say physical exercise where you'd be good to your body. It's like, 
there's ways to be good to your heart in terms of exercising it, which would be, for example, letting people who are in your lives know that you care about them so that, you know, part of the, so when they're no longer around, you don't, you're not left with this feeling of, oh, I should have said this to this person. I wish I had. So that's one exercise. So just learning to express that same love so that you know that if anything, that person knows I love them before anything else happens. Mm. Or if I'm no longer around, these people will not have to be forced to have to try and thrive in a world where my love is absent because they can mm. have it because mm. I give, I practice giving it to them as well. And sure. I just say... I, it's, I, the old, it's the old... You, have, you don't know yeah. what you've got, got to, it's gone, right? That 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 yeah. that, that, oh, yeah. is, that is a right. thing that, you know, it's these cliches are, are around I, for And, a, and a also, reason. you don't know what you've got until you know you have to find it because sometimes mm. you can feel like you don't have that strength and then you are forced to find it from somewhere. And, you know... It's the same thing with like, you know, sometimes when you reach a wall in with physical exercise, then you push through and you're like, ah, and you have to push and grunt and scream in order mm. to, to push through mm. at a, another level. I think that same level of conditioning is needed for uh, you to deal with, you know, the rigors of loss and of grief mm. as well. Because mm. I, for me, I think that's been one of the most beneficial exercises is experiencing heartbreak. Because one of two things is, A, you have to develop new adaptation and coping strategies. But also, for me, it definitely gave me a newfound respect for, I said, like women crying, you know, that display of emotional intelligence gave me me a newfound respect for women in terms of how they process heartbreak and they continue to be sources and beings of love in terms of when they deal with future relationships and, you know, children and every different type. And also, for me, I I mean, I just think it's, especially as a man, where my physical prowess is emphasized more socially than my emotional prowess. But I feel like heartbreak is definitely what made me feel like an actual man because it's like, this is something I can't physically prepare myself for. There's no weight I can lift. There's no amount of kilometers I can cover that will be, that can prepare me for dealing with that grief, even though it can help me physically because it does have an effect on me physically. It's like learning that uh, psychological resolve and learning that strength of uh, mind to deal with loss has been, yeah, for me, it's been like, yeah, one of the yeah. biggest uh, endeavors yeah. I've done there. Yeah. I, I think your your answer to Dane's question, Derek, is is kind of the, uh, exemplary, really, because I think also it's it's sadly something that binds us all. I mm. mean, there, there is nobody who will, the scenario you described, which you're obviously, you know, so sorry for your loss. And, you know, the, the, the it's a quite, it's, it's quite an extreme example. Obviously, everyone will experience it—a loss in some in some capacity. Oh, sure. And you know, um, I, I mean, for me, I, I remember eventually. Yeah. Exactly, that's what yeah. I mean. In yeah. your life, in your yeah. you know, life in generally, you all, and you know, I remember for me, you know, <clears throat> I think I've often talked about my dad passing away on on this show at times. Uh, but uh, I've already, yeah, I'm not sure I've ever really mentioned. I know Dane knows that. You know, it, I might have these two little. Uh, people running around my house mm-hmm. now uh, that me and my wife have made. But mm-hmm. let me tell you, listeners, it weren't easy to get it no. to get them here. I no. had three years of, of of going through all sorts of ups and downs, and those downs mm-hmm. when when you're trying for a baby and it's not working out. Mm-hmm. Uh, if any anyone ever wants to reach out to me and talk to you about it, listeners, it is heart the, 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 a heartbreak that I would wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. You know that is. Yeah, a, sh- a shocking thing that you go through. It's the worst, mm. e- particularly is when you go for it. You go into these hospitals and they're tr- they're here to tell you something positive. <laughs> mm. You know, you go in for the scan and something has gone wrong. You know, mm. and, and and it it, it 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 I cannot describe to you the resilience it has put in me to mm. look after my boys. Uh, you sure, know, in the way that 
Derek was talking about his family and how it's you know it motivated mm. him to 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 be there for them and you know the cost of his own physical oh. health in some ways mm. you know mm. um, you just you, I never I could never be more motivated to look after him now they're here oh and they're oh. driving me mad you know? <laughs> isn't it crazy eh? we die for them to actually speak we die for them to actually um go for a walk and as soon as they start running around and saying too much right we go sit in the corner and be quiet yeah <laughs> stop it yeah, Dylan stop put it. that down put it down. Uh, uh, yeah. right. No, no, no. Yeah. Listen, I mean, you know, it's. I, I think it's quite interesting. I was just listening there, and the three of us talking makes you understand that we need to create more platforms for men to talk. Because mm. you think of television. Television doesn't really afford us that place to have a conversation like this where we go deep and we talk about those deep issues that we are having to deal with because there is no textbook that's been written that says, here is how you deal with grief. Here's how you deal with if you can't have a child. Here's what you do, right, if you can't sleep at night. There's no real textbook. They can give you suggestions, but you still have to find what works for you. And the more and more we talk about these things, how do you cope with mental um, stress and mental problems? The more we talk about it, we give examples that maybe people may go, one person may go, you know what, I try that. It's worked for me. I'm going to tell someone else and maybe it will work for them. And that is the most succinct thing I've ever heard. That is such a perfect thing because I found that, you know, people, the thing that we, we went through get, trying to get the kids here, once yeah. I talked to people about it, you were like, this has happened to like, two thirds of the people that I know yeah. and they now tell me about their experience yes. and they, you know, there's people I've worked with who I don't work with anymore. Mm. Right. And uh, you know, they, I was with them for a year or two, you know, uh, and you know, my bond with them has been, uh, you know, kind of solidified forever because mm. when I was going through that stuff and I would have to tell them obviously what was going on at home, they were like, yeah, me too. And let me tell you about my experiences mm. and uh, you know, that's the power of talking, right? That's yes. What it, that's what it can no, do. No, absolutely yeah. right. And we need to do more of it, right, to be honest, because, I mean, we do have a world where because we depend on this little box in front of us, we think that the emailing and just having a Zoom call is 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 it. But this morning I called up uh, someone who had actually been emailing, and it's amazing how if you put the comma in the wrong place, how they can <laughs> get the wrong impression. And I called him up and I said, you know what? Let's go back to the old school. Let you and I just talk about what we need to sort out because that email created the wrong impression, made me judge you incorrectly. Mm -hmm. right? yeah, and I yeah. saw, so conversation, we have got to endorse it because the world that our kids are born, are born into is going to be one mm -hmm. where, in fact, they'll go, my amount of friends is governed by what it says on Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. And when did I meet my friend? Oh, I met him last night. Where did you meet him? Oh, virtually on here. Mm -hmm. And this bit, I'm sorry. Anyhow, but there you go. That's another That's story. That's another one. But it's been an amazing... Oh, honestly, what an episode, Dane. That might be one of my all-time... We've done 100 plus, you know, 50, 60 episodes. Derek, that is an absolute all-time favourite. Absolutely. And, and Mr. Movie, you've proved that your uh, skills in motivating people to better themselves aren't just physical, they're psychological as well, which is... Uh, we've come nothing to expect nothing less of you, sir, and uh, very humbled and privileged to have you on the podcast. Um, you. Could you please let our listeners know where they can find out about your good works past, present and future? Very easy. Just look up MrMotivator.com or otherwise follow me on Instagram, RealMrMotivator. And if you do that, you'll always find out, find something positive, right? Because every day we post a life lesson that may just provoke some thought. And on top of that, it's where I'll tell you all about the work I'm doing with the homeless and various things like that. 
That's right. Check it out, people. Fitness and motivation way before Instagram, way before it was in fashion to be inspiring people. Mr. Motivator has been doing this. That's why he's got an MBE and that's why he's on the podcast. Mr. Motor, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Very much appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. It was good. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste and myself, Howard Cohen. Our guest was Mr. Motivator. Follow him on Instagram at Real Mr. Motivator. For more from Dane and myself, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DaneSnapTeast and at the Howard Cohen. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for Dane, make sure you send us a DM on Instagram at DBQE Podcast, and we could feature you in our next episode. Thanks for listening, guys, and remember, Question everything. Insanity Group. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.